garage and hope no gardens. Do all the things you wanted to do all summer, all day, all night. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Call 1-800-441-4410 for reservations at Pocono Gardens and beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. Hello and welcome to another episode of FW Presents, the Omnibus Show on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and uh, we're starting off a new series. I say we, it's really me here, uh, although I do have a guest, the Mobile Shag. Hello, Shag. Woohoo! He's <laughs> very excited because we're here to talk about Alpha Flight. Yes. Yes. The, the, the biggest, I had to call in the biggest Alpha Flight fan I know, which is, of course, Shag. Now, why am I here to talk about Alpha Flight? Okay. Well, if you've looked at the notes for this episode, this is a sub-series within the larger FW Presents series that we're doing. And I'm calling these Mountain Comics. And for any of you who have ever listened to any of my other podcasts, except maybe Pop Dylan, you know what Mountain <laughs> Comics are, because I've talked about them extensively. This, yes? Can we call them Mountain Comics? <laughs> sure, we could do that. I'll put in some okay. music behind it. So, uh, yeah, Mountain Comics are basically all the comics that I bought while I was on vacation in the Poconos with my family for the two to three weeks every August that we went up to Mount Pocono in, in, in Pennsylvania. And these comics were really, like, so special to me because during these vacations, we didn't have a TV. All we had was the radio to listen to music and stuff to read. So you really had to find a lot of ways to sort of entertain yourself or, or just relax as we sat out on the porch and looked out over the lake. And so... All the comics that I bought during this time are just sort of like extra beloved to me. Now, of course, you know, before I would go on these trips, I, I always had Justice League, Brave and the Bold, uh, Star Wars, you know, the books I always bought. So the comics I tended to buy during the mountain trips were like the kind of got off-brand ones, the ones I didn't <laughs> buy normally because I was a little – I don't want to use the word desperate because that has kind of a negative cast to it, but it was just like, okay – you know, I already have Star Wars, I already have Justice League, I already have Brave and the Bold. What else is there for me to get that I want to read? So, case in point, Alpha Flight. This issue that I bought is Alpha Flight number 40. It was on sale July 29th, 1986, which means it was probably just a couple of weeks old by the time that I got it, which would have been the first or second week in August. So it means it was still on the stands. Number 41 hadn't come out yet. The cover is by David Ross. This is during Marvel's 25th anniversary where all their covers were just close-ups of a particular character. And then there was a, you know, a border featuring all the characters uh, drawn by, I believe, John Romita. Uh, what do you think of this? Before we get into the, the synopsis, like, what do you think of this, of this whole cover motif, Shay? It's magical to me because it also comes from a period of time where I was a big, big fan of Marvel Comics. And the fact that they did these – they're almost like – I don't want to say class photos, but you know, the, like you said, it's a close-up on the character's face. It is a nice, iconic image of a main character from the book, and, and a lot of them are, you know, so, like Daredevil would be a solo picture of him, but in this case is one of the team members. But I love it. I, I, I find it very striking. Now, is the art on the border outstanding? Eh, not actually, in hindsight. It's but to very me, simple. It's even by yeah. Romita. It's very. It's almost coloring book in terms of its simplicity. Well, yeah, and the, which almost makes me wonder if it really was Romita because it just looks so. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, it, it makes my heart sore. In fact, when I'm going through like 50 cent bins nowadays, if I come across one of these bordered covers, because it was only one month during the 25th anniversary right. when they did this, uh, I pause. I can't stop myself. That cover dress, it just really gets me. It, it stops me, and, I, and I, I just, I don't know, I'm thrown back in time to when comics to me were so new and fresh, and I was discovering it, and I loved Marvel, and it got me so excited. Oh, I love it. I love the trade dress. 
<laughs> I, yeah, it's interesting to see what characters are represented, like Power Man's in there and Captain Marvel and stuff like that, and She-Hulk when she was part of the Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun little, you know, it's a fun little design, a reminder of the history of Marvel. And I love the drawing of Vindicator by David Ross. Like, I, it yes. almost, to me, it almost looks a little like Kevin Nolan. Uh, I would which agree. is a real compliment because Kevin Nolan is to me one of the best artists ever to do it. But this is, and, and you see in her reflection in her goggles the rest of the team uh, of Alpha Flight. So it's a nice, it's a nice portrait of her. Absolutely, it's funny you talk about the characters. You know, it really is kind of a snapshot because you get black costume Spider Man, you get Iron Man in that silver Centurion outfit when it was red and silver. Uh, you got Namor as part of the Avengers there. You've got Rachel Summers as the Phoenix. Two character at that point. So I mean, you got the 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 original X Men as X Factor. So right. yeah, it really is a snapshot of that period of time in Marvel. Yeah, and she said She Hulk was a member of the FF and stuff yep. like that. So yeah, it's really cool. I, I liked it. So uh, the the story is called Love, simply enough, by Bill Mantlo, David Ross again, and Will Portacio. Submariner is desperate to find his beloved Marina in the wake of an invasion of Atlantis to rescue Marina from Atuma. It's not a Tuma at all. Both Alpha Flight, <laughs> I couldn't help it. Both Alpha Flight and the Avengers have risked inciting an international incident. Heather Hudson, aka Vindicator, is still unsure about her skills as Vindicator, team leader of Alpha Flight, a role she inherited from her husband, the late superhero Guardian. As she tries to corral the team, Northstar chases after Namor. He catches up to him, but Namor tells him in no uncertain terms to leave him alone. He's searching for Marina. A few leagues ahead, Marina, looking more monstrous than her normal appearance, is quite distraught. She thinks she has brought nothing but sorrow and shame to Namor. After encountering a supervillain known as the Master, Marina was forced to become impregnated with hatchlings, small beings like her that are genetically designed to conquer Earth. Namor catches up with Marina, with Alpha Flight not far behind. Vindicator, aware of Marina's condition, says the risk of her giving birth is too great. Namor says they'll have to go through him first, but Marina seems to agree with Vindicator's assessment of the situation. Suddenly, the giant tentacled creature that Marina was supposed to mate with appears and engages in a fight with Alpha Flight. Marina is torn. She's instinctively drawn to the creature, but knows intellectually that what she's doing is wrong. Marina finally chooses humanity, and that choice gives her compatriots added morale to fight the creature. Northstar, Aurora, and Namor create a powerful vortex which tears the creature apart. Z-Monster, it is gone! <laughs> Marina, ret- Marina returns to normal, and everyone makes their way to a new kingdom centered around an undersea villa Namor built years ago. His subjects are happy to see their king, and Namor offers Marina as their queen. They accept her with open arms. The final page is Namor and Marina are getting married, and the caption says, and the story is to be continued someday. So, Shag, part of the reason I brought you on to this is, you said, you're a big Alpha Flight fan, but also... Part of the part of the sort of like I don't want to use the word magic, but part of the kind of appeal to these mountain comics, other than the fact it's this pure nostalgia, is like I had no idea what was going on with Alpha Flight when I read this comic. None. Okay. Yeah. So I and I you know and I didn't I didn't follow it up afterwards because I, I bought the first twelve issues of Alpha Flight or the first thirteen or four, basically the burn ones. Sure. And then well, I he thought, went through twenty eight, but yeah. Did he go that really he went that long? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm not making that up. Wow, I didn't know you went that long with – okay. I bought the burn ones. So mm-hmm. I, so I, there had been a whole year's worth of Alpha Flight that I hadn't been reading. So by the time I got to this, I was just like, what's going on? Like I don't understand any of it. Like why is Namor involved? I don't, I don't get it. So can you give me like just a very brief little idea of like what – like how did we get to this point? <laughs> well, I, actually I kind of was pleased because – as a kid, 
one thing I thought Marvel did really well was giving you those succinct recaps. Like they break the recap across two different pages, but really all told it's about a sum of one page in the recap. And it gets you pretty much up to speed. It basically says this Marina story has went started in Alpha Flight, the previous issue, went into Avengers and came here. I read that Avengers issue years ago. I was going to read it in advance of this podcast. I started reading it, fell asleep twice trying to do it uh, <laughs> and decided, you know what? It's clearly not worth it. I didn't need it. I understood the story. So the gist of it is where, if you step from the burn era to here, not a lot has changed. I mean, even this story really doesn't tell you what's going on with Alpha Flight. It just tells you what's going on in this adventure. Uh, the, the, the primary changes is Sasquatch is gone. Uh, he's off in another dimension, th- supposedly lost forever. A new member of the team is Box, Box who right. was, okay, yeah. was introduced during the John Byrne era. Uh, it's a paraplegic gentleman um, named Robert Roger Box, and he phases into the armor. Now, the interesting thing that happened in this issue was he phased out at the bottom of the ocean and immediately got the bends and had to phase back into the armor to avoid dying. And I want to say, it's been a little while since I've read these issues, I want to say that plot continues on where like, he can't leave the armor for a while because if he comes out, he's going to suffer from the bends. What else? The rest of the characters aren't aren't that well. I guess Vindicator hadn't happened yet. You knew um, if you read the Burn stuff, you knew Guardian died, and his wife One of Heather. One great moments in superhero comics is that. Oh my gosh! Is that turn? I remember buying that comic like what? It was so <laughs> it was amazing. Because he's just about out of the trap, oh. and his wife comes in. He goes, "Huh? What?" And oh, he just blows <laughs> so brutal! Up. Oh my god. Well, Heather eventually uh, takes his role on the team. She t- she takes another suit of his armor, uh, his suit, you know his, his costume, and ends up becoming who he used to be was Vindicator. She eventually becomes Guardian, but and so she's the new leader of the team. Again, other than that, the makeup of the team is pretty much the same. Aurora's still pretty nuts. Uh, she was you know originally she was sleeping with Sasquatch. Now she's sleeping with Box, which is just like man, that chick's got issues. I love the one um, you're with. What's that? Love the one you're with. <laughs> but I mean, again, you, you almost don't need to know any of that. If you at least know, I don't, I don't think you even to know, need to know anything really We're going in. You just, you got characters on the page who are doing stuff with their powers, but other, and, and they tell you there's a romance going on here. So I, I think you get caught up pretty quick. Now, Mariner and Submariner, uh, that romantic connection started a long time ago in Alpha Flight and it, Continuing Avengers and continues here. Unfortunately, it's the romance no one demanded, and it's the romance <laughs> cared about. I, I mean, even I am like, I don't care. Marina, unfortunately, became not a throwaway character, but they it was a completely missed potential with her because every writer who used her seemed to think that they had to do a story about this Plodex breeding issue. Right. There's almost no stories with her without that. I mean, she could have been a great supporting character doing for. I mean. No offense to Aquaman, but they find ways to use Aquaman's water powers all the time in comic books. Why couldn't they have done that with Marina? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like they need to move on, people. Come on. From my memory of that character, like, she was always like a sad sack. Like, she was yes. Always, and it was always like, she's the Red Tornado of Alpha Flight. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like she's just constantly like, I'm not worthy. I'm not, and you're kind of like, all right, you're a member of Alpha Flight. Like, enough. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like kind of you know, tedious a little. That's funny. That is too funny. Yeah, I mean, you're not that wrong. But again, a lot of it comes from, um, again, they, they, they sticking to that story where it's always, you know, her species is going to destroy the earth. So it's like, oh, okay. Right, right, right. I did think uh, North Star was like being a complete tool in this, like ridiculously so, trying to piss off Namor. I mean, I was like, really? That's what he's doing? Great idea. 
Right. And I did like that we had a superhero wedding at the end, you know, without big drama. The wedding's like no, nobody attacked during the wedding. There's a weird moment where Vindicator's looking at the audience rather than the wedding. I don't know what that's about. But uh, other oh, than yeah, that, you're it's, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and because of her uh, electronic aura, it almost makes it look like she's shocked as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an electric like, eel huh? went by. <laughs> There's all these people looking at us through a panel. I but, do want to ask you something about that moment, too, because it says at yes. the end, this is to be continued someday. That yeah. feels like what you write when it's the last issue of the series. Oh. And I when I I, like, I knew intellectually that Alpha Flight didn't get canceled with this book, but I but I was like, wait, is this the last issue of Alpha Flight? So I went and looked it up, and I'm like, no, the series went on for 90 more issues. Yes. So I was like, did they just never? Did it, you know? Did they just not go back to this? Like they they mean the, they mean Samarina and Marina. Okay. Because right, right, Mar- right. Marina hadn't been in the book. When I say she wasn't used except to do this, like she wasn't even in the book. Uh, she wasn't even like a, a, a unused supporting character. She would show up for a Plodex story and disappear and run away. Oh, she'd show up okay. for another Plodex story and then run away. And then she, she shows up for this one, a Plodex story, and we don't see her again. She leaves again. In fact, I think she shows up in Avengers, if I remember right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, she's just – they just never got her right. It's a real shame. And I like, now, the, art, I like the artwork. I like the, the stuff by David Ross. Like, I actually think he's pretty – I like the cover. still my favorite image, but it's, it's not bad artwork. I think a lot of it is also Patash. I mean, yes, it's extremely serviceable. It's it's very enjoyable. It's it's fairly standard for this era of Alpha Flight. I mean, it's everybody's on model. It's enjoyable. It's not like wow, gonna knock your socks off. But I think a lot of it may have to do with Will's Portacio doing the inking. I mean, Will's Portacio goes on to be a pretty big name in the '90s. He had a, a, right, a lot of part of Image. Yeah, he was a, he was the lost founder of Image, uh, meaning he was supposed to go and help them found the book, and then he had family trouble, and so he didn't end up coming to Image until later, but he was one of the original founders. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, the art's fine. I, I enjoy it. I, I Again, it's I, I sound like a knock when I say it's serviceable, but it's no, it's good. It's enjoyable. I do have issues with their costumes. Like, I love Shaman's costume at this point. I know it's not his original costume, and people kind of prefer the iconic version, but I do like Shaman's black and white costume in this. But I can't stand Aurora and North Star's, like, extra add-on pieces that make their costume underwater bubble, mm-hmm. if that's a word. Like, it looks hideous. It looks really, yeah. Yeah, I, I like their original, you know, twin uniforms. Cause, I mean, they well, they've twin. got it underneath. Right. But they've added all this crap yeah, on Yeah, well, top. that's what I mean. It's all the extra yeah. stuff. You just don't really need it. So, yeah. So. Uh, one of the things I like to look back on is when I, I dig out these, these comics that I bought, because uh, they're all going to have, like, October or November cover dates, because that's when books are on sale in August, was like, because I was, this is when I was, you know, sampling new books. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, oh, I've never read, I haven't read Alpha Fly in a while. Let me try that. And then I'm, I'm able to look back and, and recall, did I keep buying the book after this? Mm. So, like, like, I bought a couple of Conans at, up in the mountains, and then I bought a couple more after that. So I'm like, oh, obviously, the 15-year-old me was like, oh, this Conan book's pretty cool. So I kept buying it. This Alpha Flight was a one-off. Yeah. <laughs> I read it. I read the Burn ones. I love the Burn ones. And then I think when they switched books, when it was the Hulk Alpha Flight switcheroo, mm-hmm. I, I didn't keep up with it. And then I bought this one, and then I never went back to it. I think this is literally the last Alpha Flight comic I've ever read. <laughs> So. Well, I I've actually have um, some suggestions uh, of different okay. Alpha Flight series to read. So you, you mentioned the Burn stuff. Without a doubt, the first 28 issues by Byrne are absolutely the strongest. You know, Even those X-Men issues where they appear that was done by Claremont and Byrne are, are, are fantastic. And it's, there's a little bit of an interesting story there. Marvel wanted an Alpha Flight bark book, and they wanted Byrne to do it. But Byrne didn't want to. He didn't want to do another team book. You know, He'd been just doing Fantastic Four, right? 
So he didn't want a team book, but eventually he agreed. But it's here's the interesting thing. If you look at those early issues, it's not really a team book. Each issue, or maybe one or two issues together, is basically a series of solo character tales. Like he'd right, tell right, right. Yeah. Yeah, he'd tell a puck story, or he'd tell a Mariner story, or he'd tell a you know, well, no one tells a Mariner story. But they, you know, he'd tell a shaman story or whatever like that. So he basically turned a team book into a solo book to to keep himself happy. And um now, as the story goes on, though, as you get to further down the line, you can tell Burns sort of enjoying himself less and less. And you know, one of the big problems of, of the Alpha Flight's history is they, they never really created a lot of interesting villains. I mean, the Great Beasts are very interesting. You know, the Master is that guy that always comes back. Beyond that, you get what? Like Deadly Earnest, Omega Flight, Gilded Lady, and Pink Pearl? Really? No. <laughs> Now, you did mention at issue 29, they did a swap with the Hulk book. Basically, Byrne left Alpha Flight and went and took over the Hulk book. And the creative team on the Hulk book came over to Alpha Flight, which was Bill Mantlo and Mike Magnolia. Uh, Magnolia, however you say his name. And, uh, wow, what a team. Bill Mantlo and Mike Magnolia? Wow! I, I said his name three different ways, by the way, Darren, just in case you're keeping track at home. So, I would say, again, Burn Run is probably the strongest. Then, if you want something else, and these aren't exactly in like the best order because every, every Alpha Flight argues what's better after Burn, but I would say there was a, in 2011 there was a nine-issue miniseries uh, that was done by Fred Van Lente, uh, Greg Pak, and Dale Eaglesham. And if you know anything about Dale Eaglesham's artwork, it is gorgeous. He does amazing superhero work. And they basically returned the original Alpha Flight as they should be and uh, did a very iconic version of Alpha Flight and did a, a Canadian story. It was very enjoyable. It, it was originally slated to be – you're going to love this. It was originally slated to be 12 issues. It ended up being eight issues plus one of those .1 issues. I know how you love funny <laughs> stuff. So it's really nine uh, issues, but yeah. it's .1 and eight issues. So seek that out. You can probably find it in trade. It's really good. It's very much iconic Alpha Flight. Uh, they may even found Marin or something to do in there. I'm not sure. But then um, after that, I would say the Mantlo run we just discussed is pretty good. It's issues 29 through 66. It starts strong. It does start to get a little weaker along. I think this issue is a good example of the eh, – it's fine mm. kind of era that Bill Mantlo did. Um, obviously, there's a lot of artist changes. Uh, then I recommend – not a lot of people recommend this, but I recommend the volume two of Alpha Flight, which was the, the second series. It only went for 20 issues, and it was uh, it was by Steven Siegel and a number of different people like Scott Clark, but eventually Duncan Rulo I – I don't know how to say this guy's name. It's R-O-U-L-E-A-U. He did a lot of stuff in the early 2000s, really unique artwork, um, cra- like – he drew Puck with like this giant, burly, crazy mustache. It was so much fun. And uh, it was a very mysterious book because there a lot of weird plot lines. You didn't know why Guardian was back and he was only 19 years old and it was very strange. Uh, a lot of fun. But here's the big thing about this. Volume 2, 20 issues. Guess what comic spun off of Alpha Flight? This volume. No idea. Have you ever heard of the movie Big Hero 6? Yeah, of course. I swear to God, it's a spinoff of this series. I'm not kidding. Uh, basically, Sunfire was part of Alpha Flight, and Big Hero 6 was going to make their first appearance in Alpha Flight number like 17 or something like that. And they ended up saying, well, you know what? Uh, the series is about to get canceled. So instead, they did a miniseries called Sunfire and Big Hero 6. So they, and it was the same creative team, too. So Big Hero 6 was a spinoff of Alpha Flight. How crazy is that? Hmm. That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. I've never heard yes. that. Thanks for humoring me there. Uh, a couple more runs I'd recommend. <laughs> Issue 87 of this original, Volume 1. Uh, 
issue 87 to 101, Fabian Nizieza came on the book, and they basically, uh, Marvel tried to make a real big refresh of the series because it, it went through a really bad period. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's almost unreadable in, like, the uh, the 60s and 70s issues. Not not the 1960s, but, like, 60, 68 through 86, almost unreadable. So issue 87 was, like, sort of a refresh of the book. Fabian Nizieva, um, Michael Bear, they actually brought Guardian back from the dead. Uh, Jim Lee was doing the covers. It was really a fun run. And then after him came on Scott Lobdell, who only didn't do it very long, 102 to 108. I like that run quite a bit. They introduced the mysterious weapon Omega, which turned out to be Wild Child, turned into sort of like a thinking person. It was really neat. And that's where North Star finally came out. Uh, out of the closet, and a lot of people don't necessarily like the way that issue was handled, but I gotta say, you know, hats off to Scott Lobdell for finally doing that. I mean, John Byrne put it, all of it in there for, in the series from the very beginning, and no one had the courage to do it. In fact, Bill Mantlo wasn't allowed to bring North Star out of the closet. He was told by Marvel, no, you can't do that. Did you ever hear that story? No. I'm, I know I'm talking a lot about Alpha Flight, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I get excited. I am starting to regret inviting you on to this episode. <laughs> Bill Mantlo had North Star getting sick for months. And what he was going to do was reveal that Northstar was dying of AIDS. And nice. so this this plot went for a long time with him getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And finally, when I guess Marvel realized what he was doing, they're like, whoa, oh, no, you're not. And he's like, what? Why not? I mean, everyone – it was the worst kept secret in comics that Northstar was gay. I mean, John Byrne, again, put it all in there without saying it. And Marvel said no way. So they had to create this ridiculous alternative story, which maybe that's why some of Bill Mantlo's stuff loses steam after a while because maybe he just was not happy. But they created a, a ridiculous alternate story where they said Northstar – and Aurora were dying because they're actually from another dimension and they didn't have the energies. Here's where the funny bit is. They're actually part fairy. Oh, uh, that part I did. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, anyway. But uh, that, that's, some, that's some good reads, uh, good runs to read and one to completely avoid of Alpha Flight, folks. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't, you know, th- this book, I, I spent 75 cents on it. It was meant to entertain me. For the length of the time it took me to read it, and it did. You know, I may not have continued with Alpha Flight, but I, you know, uh, I obviously liked the book enough to take a picture of it, which is something I right. tended to do back then. And we'll, we'll post, this up, post this on the gallery page, uh, which is over at the website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. And we'll have some pages from this issue, and you'll see the photo I took of, of our beloved family dog, Patrick. And in the foreground is this comic book laying there. <laughs> so obviously I was... I was happy enough with it to get it in a picture. So now, do you yeah. think at that age you were actually posing that photo to ensure that particular comic was on the stack, or it just happened to be a picture of the dog? Uh, I th- I think I got the comic in there. I think I've got some comic in there. I don't think it was specifically Alpha Flight. I think it was. Just like, <laughs> I might have been reading it at that moment or something like that. I was I was a weird kid like that. I, I do want to take a quick second to talk about Alpha Flight as a team and why I find him interesting. <laughs> I told you in advance I had some stuff. The to talk show about. is over, Shaq. No, I'm, I'm going on here. All right, so Alpha Flight. And you got to agree with me here, too. First of all, I love these guys because they're quirky and they're underdogs. They're like the Avengers nobody knows or cares about. And they're like a very perfect 1980s, well-balanced team. And this is the part where you and I usually jive on uh, teams. It's like Mike W. Barr's dream team here because it, it covers all the bases. It's developed like by formula. You've got a scientist, a super strong guy, an energy blaster, a magic guy, a water character, high-tech guy, you know, uh, animal characters, speedsters, all that kind of stuff. Good mixture of females and males different cultures feels very 1980s you know politically correct sort of thing but here's the best of all part here's the part mark that probably made mike w Barr's heart sing from when he was doing the outsiders it is a themed team all about canada 
And some people don't don't they, they know they're Canadian, but they don't think about the connections. I mean, Guardian he's obviously wearing the flag, right? Snowbird is all about the Canadian wilderness and the nature and the animals. Shaman is the North American Indian culture, which is a, they call them the First Nations, is what they're called in Canada. Sasquatch is the Bigfoot legends. North Star and Aurora that's the Northern Lights. You know, Marina is the Canadian uh, coastal connection with the oceans. And Puck, he's a freaking hockey puck. It's hysterical. That's like having a U- uh, United States character named Pigskin, you know, about football or something. It cracks me up. It does start to break the mold when you add characters later on, like Box and, and Madison Jeffries. They're still quirky and stuff, but they're not really Canadian. But uh, it just, I, I love it. It's great. Now, when you asked me to do this issue, it's, it's funny. You said issue 40. I knew exactly which issue it was because we talked about how iconic the cover was. And I was thinking, God, where am I going to find that? What long box is it in? And then I realized, here's how much of a nerd I am. Yeah, um, almost the whole run of Alpha Flight is saved permanently to my tablet. So I was like, oh, I know right where to find it. <laughs> I thought I you were going to say you bought it again. just because you. Didn't oh, I, well, I, I would have. I certainly would have. And um, now for me, finding Alpha Flight, I was aware of them when I was a kid. I wasn't reading them when they first came out. My friends would all talk about them all the time. And uh, I wasn't reading the books. So the characters, like, they would tell me the stories about it. They'd sort of take on, like, a mythical epic scope in my mind. And uh, in the images, I mean, John Byrne, really, at the height of his powers? Are you kidding me? They're gorgeous, right? So I didn't start buying until 1990 when I, I told you about that Fabian Nizieza relaunch. That's when I started buying. And I, I went on a massive back issue hunt and fell in love. Uh, in fact, just recently, and this may be what triggered this episode, I'm not sure, I just bought the 1990s Toy Biz figures. You know, there's there's, there's like seven of these things, including a special mail-away from Toy Fair. Uh, and I bought two of these minibus statues with Sasquatch and, and Shaman. It's like a real sickness. It just came on like a like a 10-ton brick. It's all because Diablo Frank bought me an Alpha Flight action figure to be nice. And I think he knew what he was tapping that vein, and I wouldn't be able to stop. But I just love the team. They're quirky, they're fun, and uh, they bring me so much joy. Uh, that's quite apparent at this point. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. I really think I just could have had Siskoid. He might have been quite, because it would have been the Canada thing, and we might not have gone quite so long about Alpha Flight. But okay. Uh, yeah. Would it have just been him cursing about the poor French in the comic? <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically the whole point of this series, as, and it's going to be just sort of intermittent as I record them, is just the chance for me to talk about comics that I would normally talk about. Because, of course, on, on our shows, we either talk about who's who, or Aquaman, Justice League, it's kind of the same, or Brave and the Bold, we tend to hit the same series over and over. This little mini-series within the FW Present Show will be my chance to talk about, sort of, to me, off-brand books, books I wouldn't normally ever get a chance to talk about, like Alpha Flight. So that's what this is going to be. So Chris is doing his series on uh, those wonderful toys, we all have our little mini-series within FW Present. So these will be just an occasional little brief looks back at some of my favorite mountain comics, which I do keep all in a box altogether because I'm a nerd. Do you guy. really? Yeah, I do. They, I, For some reason, I, I feel the need to keep them all together. It's very strange. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, this is Alpha Flight number 40. Uh, you can look at, at the gallery post, which is at the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com, and you can find all our shows, of course, over on the same website. So, Shag, thank you so much for joining me for this first episode. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry that you, you should have known the Pandora's box you were opening by inviting me on here. But I, I really appreciate the opportunity about it. And I love this theme. I love the idea of doing your mountain comics. You've been talking about it for so many years. I think this is great. It's just you're, you're speaking directly to your joy. And I think that's awesome. And uh, it just calls for a mountain comics. <laughs> you have to make some sort of theme, yeah. Something Got to have like the Wonder Woman theme behind it, I think. That would be awesome. I'm going to do that, yeah. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.